Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Hello! Hi. I'm Brittany. I'm Brad. And we are Audio Shelf. I cannot wait to talk about this book. I am so excited. It's one of our most anticipated reads of 2020. Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Bayron. It's so... It's beautiful, right? Oh we God. got Cinderella and we got Cinderella. <laughs> I was like, you mean dead Cinderella? <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not Cinderella. No, this is Sophia. That's Sophia. Our main character. Yes. So tell them what Cinderella mm-hmm. is dead. I beat you. I know, so you did. You did. You, I don't have to tell it <laughs> and stumble over it. You have to. So Cinderella's Dead is published by Bloomsbury Publishing, and it's about a young girl who... Wants to escape the patriarchy. She has realized that men have been in charge way too long and they are forcing women to succumb to these manly, disgusting rituals such as the big ball. Mm-hmm. And at this big ball, unfortunately, they don't have big balls, but at this big ball. <laughs> what they, do they do? <laughs> what do they do with these big balls? They basically like get these. <laughs> <laughs> sell it I just need to see him balls okay so so they get these women and they say like they can be like old men young men it doesn't really matter but once a woman turns 18 no 16 16 16 yeah Sophia's oh 16. 16 oh my gosh so they can basically like marry these women you gotta pick them it's like they handpick these women you never know what you're gonna get like you can get a man beat like a woman beater you can get a really nice guy but that's really or usually how it happens you could get a man that takes three wives and then kills them all. Yes, just because he wants more. Yes. Greedy. Greedy, greedy man. So Sophia wants to get out. But the twist is Sophia don't even like men. No, she doesn't. She is in love with her best friend, Aaron, who we have thoughts on. But we're still doing the synopsis here. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> so she wants to escape with Aaron. But Aaron's like, no, I ain't going. I'm doing what my family needs me to do. I'm going to stay and get married to a man. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Sounds horrible. Yeah. But yeah, so Cinderella is kind of this person that is, you know, desired. Mm -hmm. All the young women want to be like Cinderella, find her Prince Charming. But 200 years ago, Cinderella, they didn't know the true story behind Cinderella Mm -hmm. and and the prince. Yep. And they're going to find it out. Yes. So that is what Sophia is adventuring for. She escapes. She's on the search for the real story of Cinderella and bringing down the patriarchy that is King Manford. Oh, my gosh. And so that's where our story really takes off is in this adventure part. Uh, It really starts off very, very strong. Like you get a sense for who Sophia is right from the beginning. You understand a little bit of Aaron, but you hate her so, so much. She just she doesn't love Sophia. No, she just I think she loves the idea of Sophia. Yes. She loves the idea, but she doesn't love the person. Mm -hmm. And so her whole thing is that she's basically like, she's not verbally abusive in Mm -mm. the same way that the men are, but she's like psychological mind games. Mm -hmm. There's also this touch of internal homophobia. Yes. That Aaron has going on. Yes. Like, we get it. Like, you feel different than other girls, Mm -hmm. but do we have to lash out on Sophia, who is out and proud? Yes. 
So when Sophia escapes, she goes into Cinderella's mausoleum, which is a really, really cool part. You kind of see the glass slippers a little bit. You get a little bit of that Cinderella magic, um, what she was like uh, 200 years ago. Um, you really get to see the Cinderella aspect of it. And it's really, really cool. So cool. For me, I loved the writing that Kaylin did for this retelling. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. It was different than just a normal like retelling. It was it was a, definitely a continuation of the story, mm -hmm. but it made you think about the original story of Cinderella in a whole new light. And I think that's the the best part about this type of retelling is it's not just reiterating the same the same stuff you already know. However, Kaylin does a great job with talking about those other things, yes. but kind of kind of abolishing them yeah like the glass slippers we all thought glass slip slippers were uh, gorgeous and amazing and we all wanted them and Kaylin's just like glass slippers are dangerous like if she fell and she broke that glass slipper she would have glass all in her feet what mm -hmm. sense does that make it doesn't exactly literally a part in there that Kaylin is like those are a safety hazard <laughs> and it's it's funny uh the story is funny in certain different parts of it um but then it's also like very serious and yes. and parallels the world that we are in right now, which is why I kind of like consider this a little bit of magical realism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, even though it's based in a kingdom and you feel like it is fairy tale, fantasy, like all the way, it has the overarching message of bringing down the patriarchy mm -hmm. and these tyrannical leaders and that's something that we can see in our world today yeah and are trying to end today so it's very much magical realism to mm -hmm. me while in the mausoleum with cinderella and her body uh <laughs> she meets constance who is another young um female who she's never seen her about the village because constance lives in hiding constantly <laughs> <laughs> um, so she is actually, Constance, is the descendant of one of Cinderella's evil stepsisters, Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. So Constance takes her into hiding and they start their plan for how to bring down King Manfred mm -hmm. and his tribe of goony men who are gross and sweaty and fat. Yes. Now, another character that Kaylin kind of flips on its on its heel a little bit is the fairy godmother character, <sighs> Amina. Whoa. 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 Ho, whoa. One of the best depictions of a character, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Because you don't know if she's good. You don't know if she's bad. You don't know if she's old. You don't know if she's a woman. Actually, That's you do. True. I mean, you do. You, yeah, you, you kind of. Yeah, you get that. Yeah, <laughs> but she is fantastic, and her and Constance have some of the best dialogue I have seen between two characters that absolutely despise each other, but still realize that they kind of need each other yes. to get by and carry out the plan. I think they both respect each other on this certain level, mm -hmm. but they, the sarcasm, the sharpness. Oh. Oh, it's so fun to, to just enjoy and read. Oh, it's so, it's so genuine. Mm -hmm. Now, there is something in this book that, like, annoyed me, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally just... I don't know why it annoyed me so much. It probably should not have, but it did. Um, I talked about it in my Goodreads review, which is 15 pages long. <laughs> I know. You're like, Ooh. So, I apologize. Um, 
However, the flow of the book at a certain point kind of um, hits a little like pothole in there. Immediately after Sophia escapes the castle, she goes back home. She talks to her parents and her parents' house is like under guard. So she has to kind of sneak in. Her parents are like, no, you got to get out of here. So she sneaks back out and she goes and she finds Constance. This all happens within a 24-hour period of her escaping the ball. Like she is Mersiles. Is that how you pronounce Marseilles? it? Marseilles? Yeah, I think Marseilles. Most wanted person. Everything is still hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Like you can put your face to the paper and feel the warmth because they are literally hunting her and the search just started. Mm-hmm. So they are like rampant in their search. But Constance decides that they need to go back into town for supplies. Doesn't give Sophia the option of staying behind because, you know, she's wanted and they're going to kill her if they find her, make an example of her. Um, None of that. She's just like, here you go. Let's Victor Victoria this Mm -hmm. and let's go into town and you pretend that you're a man. Even though you have played the part of a 16-year-old female your entire life, have never even worn pants or made your voice deeper. She gets caught real quick, though. She gets caught so (laughs) fast. And it's just... It just it kind of hung me up because I was like, why if Constance is like this hidden person, she's smart, she knows the dangers, why is she taking Sophia into town? But then when you get into town, there is an event that happens. There's a couple events that happen that make you realize that uh, Kaylin had a plan Mm -hmm. for Sophia being in the village, but it just kind of seemed like she had the plan of what was going to happen in the village before she figured out how Sophia was going to get to the village. Mm-hmm. So like the the way she got to the village was just kind of like pieced together a little mm-hmm. bit. But that's really my only complaint. But you're such a smart reader because when I was reading it, I was just like, oh yeah, oh, oh we, we go back there. Okay, yes, yes. It, it didn't even phase me. <laughs> it and probably still, will not phase anyone. But until you explained to me, I was just like, it was only 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so short. It was so short. <laughs> but then but then later in the book, she she acknowledges it's been weeks. So I don't I think the time frame of when things were happening could have been tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little bit. Um but still the events that happened when she was in town, it made sense as to why Sophia needed to be there. This book is from Sophia's point of view. Sophia had to witness these things in order to tell us about them. Yes. So she needed to be there to witness King Manford's just diabolical mm. disgustingness. And that that twist, I don't understand how anyone can say that this was predictable. That Okay, so that is one of the problems with not the book, but with the reviews, mm-hmm. is that people are calling it predictable. Why? I don't understand. I could not predict this. No. So at a certain point, you kind of can predict the magic that's being used. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's a whole other twist in there. There's like two other twists. There's like two other twists. It is a Twizzler. Yes. You don't know what is actually happening. You don't know what is up, what is down, and you don't know who's exploding and who is actually surviving. It's fantastic. It's a great twist. And it comes with a wrap-up that is solid and you feel that there's real change Mm -hmm. capable of happening in this kingdom. Yes. Sorry, you lost me a little bit because I was thinking about Twizzlers. (laughs) (laughs) It's bound to happen. It's bound to I mean, happen. Can you imagine if I had Twizzlers, you could use it as a straw? Oh my God, I love that. I love that. People don't oh use God. Twizzlers as straws enough. Yes. Whatever happened to the good old days, mm. they're dead. Just like Cinderella. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So another review that I did not understand was someone said that it was 
very insta-lovish. And insta-love is when a character meets another character and they fall in love like really super quick. For me, that was not the case. Yes, I mean, Sophia has Aaron and we learn over time that they've kind of like built this relationship together. So that's not really insta-love that we're talking about, but we're talking about another character that Sophia meets. And I think that it's very gradual Mm -hmm. and it's very well done because we have Sophia in the back of her mind half the time saying, but I really love Aaron though. Like, I don't understand why I'm having these feelings for this other person when I have feelings for Aaron. And so that's, that's not into love for me. That's Mm -hmm. like cognitive dissonance in a way. Ooh, look at you. Sorry, I'm psychology. Yeah. Put on your work badge. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I agree. It yeah. was one of those things where one, Sophia's young. So she hasn't had the experience of relationships. She's only had Aaron and it's been hidden and in secret. And so when she meets Constance, she has an instant attraction to her, mm-hmm. but it is one that she questions. Yeah. But it's also one that I enjoy and I'm not really that into insta love. Mm-hmm. So like it was shocking to me that I didn't have a problem with how Sophia was feeling towards Constance so quickly. But then I started thinking about it and I started thinking like she's young and Aaron is probably the worst girlfriend that she could have ever had. Oh, yeah. Um, if she even was a girlfriend, we don't know if they even considered each other girlfriend and girlfriend or the town knew about it, but they were all hush hush. Yeah. And we don't know like what they actually considered themselves, what labels they put on their relationship. Were they still just best friends from childhood or were they just best friends that kissed every once in a while Mm -hmm. or were they lovers? Yeah. And I I definitely think Sophia thought more of it. There's this unrequited love in a way. Yes. Because Aaron, even though she did acknowledge like, I have feelings for you too, but they're not as strong as yours. Yes. So. And it's very good on Sophia for there's a certain point where she recognizes that how Aaron treated her was not right and it wasn't appropriate. And even though Aaron was feeling like some sort of way, it it just wasn't how she should have expressed herself to Sophia. She was just very mean and very rude throughout every single scene that we got with Aaron. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Sophia moving on to Constance, it made sense. Yeah. It 100% made sense. And I love how Kaylin wrapped it up. Yes. And we're not going to give anything away, but just know that I think she does it in a way that is real and very relatable. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a shelf for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I know it's going to be a shelf for you. It's going to be a shelf. It's going to be a shelf. We actually just bought the UK version. That's how much it's a shelf. We're going to share custody (laughs) of the UK version book, which we'll flash it up here on the the screen because that is such a beautiful cover. I mean, this one's beautiful too. I love the colors and everything like this, and we love the illustrative cover of it. But the UK- Can we just talk about the covers real quick? Can UK and the US get on the same page? (laughs) Get it? Because it's a book. (laughs) (laughs) You got I know. But seriously, that UK cover is the best. Yeah. Let's be real. Oh, it is. This is a beautiful cover. It's beautiful. UK definitely destroyed us. Oh, yeah. And they always do. So if you know why the UK US covers are always different, please put it in the comments down below. Let us know. Or tweet us. Yes. We're on our various social medias. We're on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me, Instagram at Audio Shelf Me, and Facebook at Audio Shelf. We're very interested in talking about that topic. And also, <laughs> let us know if you have read Cinderella's Dead and what you thought of Cinderella yes. is dead. And so if you like this video, please check us out more and give us some likes and hit that subscribe button. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until next time. Bye. bye. 
This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest books and topics for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. 